0: Good to see you today. My name is Zhenya. I'm one of the pastors, and it is a blessing for me to welcome you this morning to our worship service. It is a very special Sunday in the life of our church. Each year we take a Sunday to celebrate the faithful ministry of United Methodist Women, and that is what is happening today. That is what is happening today in Wesley Hall, and it's definitely happening here in the sanctuary. We are celebrating the service and all of the wonderful wonderful things through which women in our church transform lives through the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, I encourage you to uh, register your attendance uh, using attendance pads here in the uh, sanctuary or online, and uh, most importantly, I want you to right now prepare your hearts for a wonderful worship in which we are about to participate.
1: And as you are able, join me for our call to worship. Remain standing for our hymn number 88, Maker in Whom We Live. What does the Lord require of you? The Lord requires me to justice, love, kindness, and all God. What does God command us? God does not call us to ease or to comfort, but to presence and abundance. And grace in our Let us worship the God who believes in us, trusts in us, and abides in us. Let us worship the God who has not us, but will be beside us every step of the
2: way. Amen.
1: One of the things we do as a community of faith is affirm our faith together. The affirmation is in the, is the Apostles' Creed. It's on page 881 in your hymnal. Please join me now in our affirmation. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth.
3: We now come to, whoa, that was loud. We come to the time now of a very sacred time that we are so honored to be part of, and that is our baptism. And we have right here with us Layla Louise.
0: All right.
3: Now they're going to sing to you. Baptism is a sign of God's mercy and love, reminding us that we do not come into this relationship with God on the basis of anything we do, but rather on the basis of God's acceptance and gracious invitation of love. Children have always had an important place among the people of God. Remember the words that Jesus said, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such as these belongs the kingdom of God.
0: Now, Mom, I have a couple of questions to you. Is she asleep? No,
4: she's,
0: she's asleep. Oh, she's looking at the lights. There are so many bright lights here. Now, first of all, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, all nations, and all races? If so, say I do. Do you accept the freedom and the power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say, I do. And will you nurture Leila Louise in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and by your example, she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, to profess her own faith openly, and to lead a Christian life? If so, say, I will. And now let's hear her full name. What is the name of this child? Layla
2: Louise Hajim
0: Layla Louise, let's see how you're going to come here. I'm also a mom. Let's see, you've got to do it on the left side. I guess. Ooh. Yes. Mommy's right here, Layla. Layla, I baptize you in the name of the Father. And the sun, ooh, cold water, and the Holy Spirit. Now, let's put our hands on Layla. Grandma, you don't want to join us. Come on. (laughs) now. Now, Layla, let the Holy Spirit work within you, that being baptized by the water and the Spirit, you may grow up to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Ideas Layla. Now a church, baptism is not just something that happens in the life of the family. Baptism happens for the whole church. And there is a very important part that we play. And Phyllis, will you please lead us in that portion?
3: Look at the this is our part as a congregation that we make our pledge to always be with the children. So repeat with me. With God's help, we will so order our lives after the example of Christ that Layla Louise, surrounded by steadfast love, may be established in the faith and confirmed and strengthened in the way that leads to life eternal.
5: WMW Sunday I'm getting to help out with the faith like a child this morning So I'd like to invite all of the children down to join me for faith like a child and come grab a seat right up here Good morning, everybody. Come on up. We've got seats for everybody. Come on up. up. Find a seat. We still have a couple of friends coming on down.
2: Perfect.
5: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about God's path for us. And how the path will lead us to places that God wants us to go. And it's not always the same places that we had in our mind. And God's path will lead us in those places. And sometimes we don't know when we're going, where we're going, if we need to eat before or if they'll have food once we get there. Sometimes we don't even know what to pack. But we know that if we follow God's path, it's going to lead us into great, great places. And we're going to go on an incredible journey. And we have a group in our church that is always ready to say we will go no matter where that path is. And that group is made up of incredible women of all different ages. Do you want to say right up here? Oh, you want mom to come join you too? Moms are invited too if you'd like to come. And that group of women in our church is so important. Come on, friends, we've got plenty of room. Come on, I love when those big sisters help us out. Those sisters are always ready to go on those journeys with us. Excellent, good job. In our church, we're so lucky to have a big group of women, and they're called the United Methodist Women, and they're all different ages, all different backgrounds, and they are always willing to go on those journeys. And they are always willing to step up and say, I will go, because that's what God asks us to do, is whenever he has that journey out in front of us, he wants you to say, I'm ready. I'm ready to go, and remember that journey will sometimes lead us in places that we don't always expect. And it's sort of like a board game in a way, because in the board game of life, sometimes it takes different turns and different places than expected. Sometimes you have to go back to to the start, and sometimes you get $200. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have to turn around and go to Candyland. It changes. And so to demonstrate this, I'm gonna call up a contestant from our audience that's gonna help us with the game of life. And here's the deal, on contestants and game shows, it's really great if there's some theme music. I wonder if we happen to have any theme music that would help our contestant come down. So our contestant is the UMW president, Ms. Linda Kennedy. And what I'd like to do is I'd like our, our crowd to get excited on our contestant coming. Let's see if we've got some theme music that'll work out. That was wonderful. Can we get an extra round of applause? Thank you very much, Miss Peggy. That was magical. Miss Linda Kennedy is our contestant on God's journey through life. Now, Miss Kennedy, your only goal is to get from that start point all the way to this start point. Do you accept that challenge? Yes. Excellent. Are you ready to go? Yes. Okay, come on down. Go ahead and just start that journey. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. We're going to do this God's way. Okay, so we're going to do this a little bit differently. Okay, so we're going to roll the dice. Excellent, let's check the rule book. Okay, woohoo, move forward two spaces to help a friend find their lost cat. So go ahead and move up two spaces. Excellent, very nice. She's doing so well, isn't she? Yeah, okay, let's roll it again. Oh, excellent. One step forward to donate some change to an animal shelter. Come on forward, very nice, very nice. It's a very nice encouraging crowd. Okay, let's go again. Oh, you got purple, do you know what purple means? You gotta turn around and take one step back because there's a beautiful sunset that I don't want you to miss. God has a way of having to stop sometime and smell the roses. Let's roll again, you ready? Oh, yellow, okay turn around and jump ahead two spaces to join a new soccer team with your best friends. Oh, that was a very nice jump. Thank you so much, fantastic. Okay, here we go. Okay, remember her goal is just to get to this spot. Do you think she's gonna make it? Let's see what God has a plan for. Oh, we got a purple. In this case, if you roll two purples, it means move all the way to the end to join your family on a wonderful Sunday fun day. She did it. Thank you so much. Thank you Mrs. Kennedy. And so here's that deal. The path is rarely ever gonna be straight. It's rarely ever gonna be boring. It usually has some really good purpose behind it. But what you have to do is just be ready whenever God says, come on, we've got a path to go on. Okay? So whenever God asks you yeah, we didn't lean on an orange, but that's okay. We don't have an orange spot. Whenever God asks you, are you ready to go? All you have to do is say, I will go. Can you say that with me? I will go. So if God asks you, if you will go, all you have to do is be ready to say you will go. And speaking of going, We're going to go upstairs to the second floor to go have some more fun. You can either join me upstairs, and if so, we're going to go right out this door, or you can go back and join your families. Thank you so much, y'all. Thank you again for your help.
6: Good morning, church family. I'm Linda Kennedy, the president of the United Methodist Women here at First Church. And I am so very glad to have this opportunity to celebrate UMW Sunday with you. Did you know that UMW started more than 150 years ago in Boston to better the treatment of girls and women in India and has grown to be the largest denominational women's service and community building organization in the world? And our own UMW began in 1942, when 514 women proudly signed their name to the charter for the Woman's Society of Christian Service. Today, we have nearly 400 members, and though the lifestyles of women and the name has changed many times over the years, one thing remains the same. We are a community dedicated to and bonded by friendship, faith, and service, and that is our theme for this year, community, friendship, faith, and service. Visited the UMW on and off for many years before I joined I mistakenly thought I was too busy to add one more thing to my Already full plate, but what I didn't realize is that for all those years I was just missing out being in UMW would not have overburdened my plate Rather being part of this community of women would have lightened my mental load and enriched my life immensely as they have done these past few years Together we are exploring the epidemic of loneliness this year. Technology claims to have us more connected than any time in history, but people have fewer real meaningful relationships in their lives. And that lack of connection is not only bad for our social selves, but it degrades our physical health as well. It increases your risk of stroke, heart attack, dementia, and more. A medical study actually showed that loneliness and social isolation has the same effect As smoking 15 cigarettes a day thankfully though according to former Surgeon General Dr. Vitek Murthy there's evidence that connection is linked to better heart health brain health and immunity and this year's theme of community friendship faith and service exemplifies everything that UMW does best we spend time together we check in on one another we talk about difficult topics and listen We take care of others in difficult times, we seek opportunities to serve others, and we do that service together. We pray for and with one another and learn together to broaden our faith. We're being more intentional in what we do to continue to build community among our members to help one another so every woman has the community she needs to be healthy, happy, and fulfilled. And there are so many ways to be a United Methodist woman. You get to choose what works for you. We meet together as a large group for an educational or entertaining luncheon or service day each month. We have small groups known as circles, which are traditionally based on age and stage of life, but many circles now overlap. And there are circles to meet the needs of just about everyone, and we're always open to creating new circles. And you don't even have to be in a circle to be a member of UMW. We have many at-large members. You may also attend any event that's sponsored by the UMW without being a member. There's also a fabulous women's retreat in February and a variety of service opportunities, including our weekly Meals on Wheels deliveries. But new this year, we're gonna have pop-up socials and pop-up service opportunities to informally meet for fun or service. Members may also sign up for an immersive and interactive Find Your People book club to help people build and strengthen their own community. And one of my very favorite things is the UMW Afternoon Tea fundraiser. This is an all-ages event from toddler to great-grandmothers and everyone in between. The theme is Women Inspiring Women, and we encourage you to come and bring the women in your life who inspire you. This could be your family or your friends. All of the proceeds go to our ministry partners like Methodist Justice Ministry, our Missions Food for Kids program, Kids Hope, and more. Sponsorships and tables will be available to reserve in October. Individual tickets go on sale February 6th, and we've sold out very early every year, so you don't wanna miss. This morning, representatives from each of our UMW circles will be out in the garden with refreshments and more information about our programs and service days, our annual tea fundraiser, our day of service coming up in October, Meals on Wheels, and our district Soul Retreat. We would love to welcome you into our UMW community and find the right circle for you, thank you.
4: Good morning, my name is Joy Donovan Brandon. I am a proud member of the Circle of Eve, and it is my honor to be your lay reader this morning. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 24, verses 52 through 67. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, updated edition, and invite you to read along in your own Bible or one of the pew Bibles in front of you. The scripture is on page 20 in the Old Testament of the Pew Bible, a reading from the book of Genesis. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver and of gold and garments and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly ornaments. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they rose in the morning, he said, send me back to my master. Her brother and her mother said, let the young woman remain with us for a while, at least 10 days. After that, she may go. But he said to them, do not delay me. Since the Lord has made my journey successful, let me go that I may go to my master. They said, We will call the young woman and ask her. And they called Rebekah and said to her, will you go with this man? She said, I will. So they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse along with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, may you, our sister, become thousands of myriads. May your offspring gain possession of the gates of their foes. Then Rebecca and her maids rose up, mounted the camels and followed the man and the servant took Rebekah and went his way. God speaks to us through the reading of scripture. Thanks be to God. Thank
3: you, Joy, for our reading scripture with us today. I want to add my welcome to you. I am Reverend Phyllis Barron, I'm one of your associate pastors. And it's an honor to get to be here today with you. I also want to extend my welcome to those that are here in the sanctuary, those that are online, especially our friends at Cisco. I know they're watching right now and I'm so glad you're with us. And today is United Methodist Women. It is a day for us to celebrate all that women have done for our church and the things that they continue to do. Now, we also have lots of ushers and greeters and all these things that take place and serve communion and do that. Do you know it takes 50 people per service to make it happen? When you count all the different things that are going on with TV ministry and all of that. So just think about that. That might be something that you can help us with. Okay, chapter 24, Genesis. If you have your Bible, open it up, and we're going to go to the very beginning, okay? We started kind of toward the end, but we're going to go in the very beginning because I want to talk about Abraham. And the two characters in this that really spoke to my heart when I was reading scripture was the servant and Rebecca. So I want to spend some time about the servant, okay? So here we go, Abraham had called his most faithful servant to come to him. He said, come because I need you to find a wife for my son Isaac. That means that he really trusted this man. Also think about if he was in charge of all of your possessions, which is what the servant was. He was in charge of everything, his money, his animals, everything. That's what the servant was. And so then now he says, I need you to find the wife for my son. And it's more than just a wife. It's who's going to be the mother of Israel? Who's going to take the covenant and take that forward into our beliefs and into all of our system? The name of the servant, there's speculation of who he is and everything else, but I like it that it's unnamed. It's unnamed because your name could be in there. Your name could be that faithful servant that is going to do what God has asked you to do. And that's what this is. It's a witness of his faithfulness to Abraham. Now, Abraham made these detailed list of what he wanted his servant to do. One of that is is that he had to go and back to where they were from, not the Canaanite women, back to the land of Ur to find someone of their family. And it's more than prejudices, or I don't like those people, or I don't like the Canaanites. It was because they wanted someone that understood the covenant of God, someone that worshiped as they did. And that was so very important. So this servant says, well, what if she didn't want to come? I mean, if I was Rebecca, I don't know if I'd want to come. So he says, what if I take your son with me? And the answer was no. Don't take Isaac back to the land. And then he said to the servant, if you don't find success in finding the woman, I release you of all of your duties. So he takes out, he takes off and he goes to the land and he starts traveling. It's a caravan of 10 camels, a lot of riches, a lot of wealth, here they go and stuff. And I don't know how much of you know uh, your geography of ancient time, but I think it's really important that you know that this wasn't just a short little trip. The way that it was from the Canaanite all the way to the land of Ur, going back to where he was, if you did it as the crow flies, it's 500 miles. If you do with the path that the camel can go, it was 900 miles. I don't like trips of 900 miles in a car. I can't imagine 900 miles on a camel. I mean, that to me is just doesn't sound like much fun at all, but they went. And when he came in, the scripture says, when he finally got there, the first thing that the servant did is he stopped and he prayed. He prayed and he says, God of Abraham, make something good happen for me today to be for your loyal master, Abraham. It was a long journey, very long, but he stopped and prayed the very first thing he did. Now he had watched Abraham and Sarah pray for years wanting a son. So he knew that sometimes the answers don't come just instantly, they take a while to come. I love what Pastor Brenda said last week that we pray sometimes, we get impatient, and then we start trying to fix things and then God's got to clean up all of our messes. So I love that he sat and prayed and paid attention. He paid attention to what God was saying. Now the place that he went also, I can't leave this verse, it just kept tugging at my heart, was the well, a well. A well is where you get refreshed. A well is where you get strength. A well is where you get nourished. And that's where the community tends to go is to come to the well. I want you to put it in our day time right now, who or where is your well? Where do you go to find strength and hope and comfort, somewhere that we can find that sisterhood or brotherhood or someone's faithful to lead you, to say, this is where I need to be. For me, it is the church. It's being here with the people of God, and I hope that you have found your place, that you have that strength. So when things happen in our lives that aren't always what we want, we've got a well, we've got nourishment. We have something that is going to take care of us. I wanna say it again, the servant, the model that he gave in the scripture. When he traveled, he asked God to go with him. He was prepared. He took all the preparations he needed, he arrived, he prayed, he watched, and he waited at the well and discerned the will of God, and then he showed how faithful he was. That's beautiful. That's a pattern for us to follow. Now for him, he comes to this well and a first person comes up to him and he says, can I have a drink? And she says, certainly, I'll give you a drink. So she does that, but instead of just giving him a drink, he says, or she says, I'm sorry, Rebecca says, I'll water your camels for you. Now, 10 camels, do you know how much they drink after they've gone on a long journey? Anybody? 30 gallons per camel, okay? Do the math. That's 300 gallons of water that Rebecca was going to do, taking a bucket, going down in the well, getting the water and bringing it up. That's a lot of work. But she was faithful and she was willing to do it, even without being asked. She was saying, I will do this. I can do this. Hours of work, hours. But I think that's really important that, that right there, the servant saw her character, her faithfulness, and it was just like, this must be the one. So then he asked her, where are you from? Because remember, it's important that she came from the lineage of Abraham. And Rebecca identifies herself as the daughter of Bethel and who is the son of Nabor, which was the house of Abraham. She showed hospitality instantly she invites him to come to her house with all the camels and all the people and says, we can host you. She's a young girl, maybe 15, 16 years old. I don't know, but it's going to be young. Not very many young women had the opportunity to invite someone without having permission. but She didn't have to have that. She was able to go and just invite to come. So she invites them to come and they show this hospitality, which I love. And then the brother and the mother get involved. And at first they're so excited. Yes, you can go, it's gonna be great. Oh, wait a minute, let me give you 10 more days. Then maybe she can go. I just don't know about that for sure. You know, and I think about my own life. Have you ever been so willing to go that you say, I'll go, I can do that. I can go on that mission trip, I can do that, whatever. And then all of a sudden you go, what did I sign up for? And you start debating within yourself, going like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I kind of think this is where the mother and the brother were going, oh, what am I doing? This is my sister, I'm going to send her 900 miles away. I'm never going to see her again. That's what it meant for her to be chosen. Never see him again. So the family comes to Rebecca, and I think this is profound. They come and ask her if she wants to go. That's really not how the ancient world worked back then. But they asked her, and her answer was so beautiful it says, I will go. Without hesitation, without anything, I will go. That was her response. Her response was that I am going to go. And I want us to think about this as a faith story. Think of her having tremendous faith and that she had a choice and her choice was I will go. Now I told the 930 service and all the years I've done ministry, I have never told my journey on how I became ordained, not publicly. So you're going to listen to my story. My story started when I was a teenager. I loved the church, loved every part about it. I was the kid as a teenager in the adult Bible study because I loved theology so much. I know. And I would go to all of those things. When I was in high school, our evening worship service, because it was a small church, didn't have a piano player or a song leader. So I became the piano player and I became the singer and I can sing better than I can play, let me tell you. Um, But I didn't. And Then they needed someone to read or when the pastor wasn't there, I would step in and do a little devotional with them. I didn't know I was leading church. I didn't even register in my head what I was doing. But then as time went on and I'm a senior in high school and I really thought about being in ministry, but I did not know one single female clergy. And part of that's on me. I didn't go research it and see what opportunities I had. I really thought just being a missionary or those type of things was my only option. Well, so I did what a lot of us probably did. We were encouraged to be their nurse or we were gonna be a teacher. Well, I chose teaching, and I became a teacher, and I taught to kindergarten for five years. And I want you to know that my kindergarten student is on the front row right now. So that tells you something. Uh, It was really sweet to get to be part of that baptism, and I have known her since she was five. So here I am, starting to decide, and I'm in teaching, but my heart kept being tugged. But I don't think being a teacher wasn't also God's plan. I think sometimes when we take paths and go different places, God still uses you wherever you are. So I think God still used me as a kindergarten teacher. I hope she nods yes on that. So anyway, but I do. I think that that was important. So then I decided I moved to Fort Worth and I had a senior pastor, male, which was great. He said, I see in you why don't you go be ordained? It took someone to encourage me, and how important that is for us to do as a congregation. I wanna give you a little bit of history on female clergy in our annual conference. Most of you probably don't know this, but in 1956, women could be ordained, 1956. But the first one that was ordained was in 1978, 22 years later after the legislation passed. Then in 1980, there were three women. So now we're up to four. I graduated in high school, I hate to tell you, 1983. Yes, I was at my 40th reunion last night, having a great time, but that's where I was last night. But it took all of that to do. Now these women, some of it wasn't real easy but I kept putting things off because I didn't think I could do it. I really did. But that pastor that came and spoke to me changed my life. And so in 1994, I decided I was gonna go to Perkins School of Theology, which is SMU. Okay, I am a wife, a teacher, and a mother. I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. I'm gonna quit my job, go work for a church part-time because I'm not done with seminary yet. And how am I going to pay for it? God is wonderful. If we let things get out of our way, God will show you the path. I applied for a scholarship. I was one of the few that had 100% paid for. I didn't pay one penny for seminary. It was all covered. I had people in the church that said, I'll help you with your kids. I know it's going to be tough with a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and they did. They stepped up. They did all types of amazing things for me. This is when I was serving in 1994 to 97 when I was in school. I was at the time, it was Overton Park, and now it's Arborlong, So I served there for three years. And in 1997, I finally reached my goal, and I had my first appointment. And that was at First United Methodist Church in Keller. They were wonderful, they were gracious, they opened their arms to me, but there were a few that weren't real positive about having a female clergy. Being the first woman there was not always easy. People didn't really know what to do with me, you know, but 29 years later, I stand before you. 29 years, God's been using me. And that's what's beautiful is that when we let ourselves get all the distractions to go away and let God come into our hearts and souls, it's amazing what God will do for us. And that's the story. Go back to Rebecca. She didn't hesitate. She didn't make up all the excuses that I made. She said, I will go. That's what Rebecca did. I will go. And I think this scripture is about every one of us. Where is God calling you today? What are you supposed to do? Where is he saying, I need you wherever? Because God is not done with any of us. It doesn't matter what age or stage of life you're in. God wants you. And so I challenge all of us to think about that, to spend some time thinking about what God is asking you to do. Where's he calling you? It's so important for us to reflect and answer those questions, because sometimes we get too busy and too distracted and we just think of everything that keeps us out of what we're supposed to do. So I invite you now to pray with me. Our most gracious and loving God, in the stillness we hear your voice I invite the Holy Spirit to come and move upon this congregation that we sit there and we rest in your peace and comfort, but you've called us to go out, to go out and to serve and to love others. And there's so many ways we can do that. So many areas in this world need your love, and you have made us your hands and feet. So it's up to us, Lord, to go and to serve. I invite us now to pray our prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.
1: for your generosity in giving. On October the 8th, because of your generosity, we will offer our friends and families of all ages the opportunity to participate in Rise Against Hunger. Rise Against Hunger is an opportunity for us to pack 14,500 meals for a third world country for people that are in need. We will have six different shifts every 30 minutes. You may sign up online or you may sign up today with me. The shifts are from 8.15 until 11.30 a.m. We hope that you and your family will sign up today. Your generosity makes service projects possible. Thank you for giving. Ushers, you may come and let us pray. God, we are grateful to give back what you have given to us bless these gifts and givers. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: today to God's call and you showed up at the church and that was where God was calling you this morning. If you happen to be a guest today, if you happen to be for the first time in our sanctuary, we have an on-ramp station right here where Angie would love to welcome you, to greet you, and we have a gift for you to show you how much we appreciate that you chose us as your place of worship today. You may have been coming for a while and God has been nudging you as you listen to Pastor Phyllis's story to explore some other ways in which you can participate and grow in your faith here in this church. Also, stop at our on-ramp station right here in the sanctuary or in Wesley Hall to explore what are some of those ways in which you can grow, in which we can move and follow God's call. And if you are right now going through the season of life where you would really appreciate someone to pray for you and to pray with you. Right here on my right, Pastor Brenda is at our Congregational Care Ministry Station. After the worship service, she will stay there. And if you would like to come and speak with her and share with her what's going on, she'll be blessed to pray with you and to pray for you.
3: to say... Don't forget about all the tables with the United Methodist Women. They have mugs and different things for you, but I encourage you to go. It might be the place that would be just perfect for you. So receive our benediction. Our gathering will soon be ended. Where will we go and what will we do? May grace, peace, hope, love, and joy forever accompany you. Amen.